What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Welcome to the hour of, <clears throat> pardon me, welcome to the hour of deliverance. I'm Reverend Dr. K.E. Holmes, and you, you are a person of excellence. And that's whether you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior or not. That's whether you are a babe in Christ, a new disciple, or a seasoned saint, and a leader, an apostle, a prophet, a bishop, a pastor. You're a person of excellence. You see, there's people of excellence that are in each of those stages and realms and dimensions of life. And society would have you to believe that the excellence doesn't show up till you're doing it. Well, one of the things in the Word is that you are that when God has made you that, and that's why you need to show up and do it, whatever the it is that God has ordained you to do, and God has equipped you to do what he's ordained you to do, and that's in your mind, your intellect, that's in your interests, that's in your emotions, that's in your soul, and every other part that has to do with being human. And uh, there was a, a, a saying that was popular in the world, and I mean in the world, not just a particular nation and cultures, that I'm only human. Don't ever use it as an excuse. I'm telling you now, don't ever. I always tell you that an excuse is an ex-use. Don't use it anymore. Nobody wants to have anything to do with exes anyway. So, don't use being human as an excuse for anything that's not of excellence. Why? Because as a human being, you're made in the image of God. And God teaches us who he is and how he is so that we know how to behave, so that we know what to do, so that we know how far to go and how far not to go, so that we know when to go so far and stop, so that we know when to turn or when to go deeper or when to go higher, so that we recognize when we're bringing others with us or when we're going alone. And I can hear somebody's, what do you mean? Remember when Jesus was going to the Garden of Gethsemane at the, at the end? He had supper with the disciples, all 12 of them. But when he was going into some heavy-duty prayer and, and, and what I call going before the Lord, it wasn't, it wasn't intercession the way we understand intercession. He took three with him, James, Peter, John. You see, sometimes you're to be with the crowd, the big crowd, like when he was teaching to the thousands. And other times, you're with maybe uh, tens or hundreds, like when he's at somebody's house. 
And when you read it, it's not somebody's house the way we do it today. Because remember the the lady who was uh, washing her his feet with her hair? They were in somebody's house. And he had some things to say about her, but it wasn't that she shouldn't have been there. So I want you to know that you're a person of excellence. Now today we're dealing with heaven and earth. Son, what it is to be a son, what it is to be a prince, and what it is to be a king. And I want you to know it has everything to do with being the royal priesthood. When you know God, when you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you are part of the royal priesthood. So that you've been adopted into the family that you're a son. And that includes females, daughters. Cause and as you may have heard me say often concerning Proverbs, that it's first, first aspect of Proverbs is to... A son. Then the next part of Proverbs is to a prince. And then the next part of Proverbs is to a king. And it's not just to sons, princes, and kings. It's personal. It's supposed to be personal. Now it's to all sons, yes. It's to all princes, yes. And it's to all kings. But God has already, by the time we get to Proverbs, God has already taught us some things in his word about sonship, about being a prince, and about being a king. And if you would read Proverbs, now I recommend read Proverbs uh, every day. For the day of the month, read that chapter and ingest it and let it ingest you. When you read Proverbs, you get to understand how that there can be so many things going on at one time. However, if you're being dealt with as a son, you understand the rules. Not the letter that kills. Because you're in and by the spirit. That's how you got to be a son. The spirit adopted you into the body of Christ. So person of excellence, I want you to understand sonship. You see Jesus named as Son. Son of God, Son of Man, different things. And each one has an aspect. But each one has to do with what God ordained. Son has to do with destiny. And the way some of us want to call it predestination. The thing about predestination, you need to understand that what is predestined is that which God ordained in his son that was slain from the foundation of the earth. And actually, I should look it up because it might be before the foundation of the earth. You look it up. But understand that here again, God teaches us these things so that when we come up to where he explains more about it, we understand the elementary of it. We understand the beginnings of it. So that we add it on. We don't say nix nay, you know, because I now learned this, that what I learned before doesn't apply anymore. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The same way in the word God tells us that he's building a house. But when you're building a house, you lay a foundation. I have a whole course on on not laying again the foundation. From Hebrews 6, 
it says, let us go on, not laying again the foundation. And it names six things that are in pairs. Here again, God teaches us when he puts things in pairs. He's not stuttering when he says truly, truly, or verily, verily. Or when he says a thing this way and then says a thing that way. And even those kind of things you want to pay attention to when God does it and how he does it. And you get to know that when he's giving a pair that makes it stronger as it is, and when he's giving a pair that makes it life like your heart. Your heart has to beat both ways. If it only beats in one direction, your heart is stopped and you are dead. You also want to know those kinds of principles that there are things that God taught us in how he made us. And there are things that he teaches us in how he is and who he is. So I want you to know that you're a person of excellence no matter what realm, depth, or stage of it you are in. And just like you're always, I just left my son. I don't know if if he minds me telling his age. (laughs) He looks a whole lot younger than what he is. But that's my son. And he's always my baby. He's always my son. The same with his two younger sisters. And oh yeah, they're grown women. Accomplished women. But to mom, they're always my son, my daughter. One of them I call baby girl. And actually, that's my my first girl. The son is the eldest. And my oldest daughter, my first daughter, I call her baby girl. Don't you call her baby girl. Don't, Don't you call her baby girl. Mom calls her baby girl. I I show you that we kind of get that thing, humanity, I mean, gets that thing from God. When you look at uh, Proverbs 31, I believe it is. Well, Lamuel. That's mom's pet name for her son, Solomon. It's not good, O Lamuel. It's not good for princes to drink strong drink, nor kings to, and he goes. she goes on to tell him. And here again, the instructions concerning, she's talking to her son in that pet name to, to my baby, but my baby, grown, adult, and in position in the nation and in the earth. And so she says, princes and kings. Now, you want to know that God gives instruction that has to do with how it is in heaven. And I don't just mean how it is in heaven. I'm talking about the order of things, what rules and what has, I'm going to say license. License has to do with things in the earth. Even when heavenly hosts move in the earth, they have to move according to the license that's in the earth. And uh, when they move in the license that they have from heaven, that is God having given the permission or given the license, not just because they have it in themselves. And that's another principle that God would have us to know, that because you're a son... Yeah, you're in certain relationship and have certain privileges. That you're a prince. Yes. 
there's certain decisions that you make that cause other things to happen or uh, clout you have that you didn't have as a son when you were learning about things, but you can move in it when you're a prince. And then when you're a king, you set the rules. Not just for you, you set them for everybody. And as a king, you know, do I need to set the rule? I'm looking at I'm looking at a phone and I'm looking at an iPad. The rules for the phone are very similar and some of them are a lot the same for an iPad. However, they're different. And even though we can use them a lot the same, the using of them is different. And it's that way with sonship and prince and king. And we need to know that in God's word so that when we see something that's the same as something else we know, we need to let God, the Father, or Jesus, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, or does some want to say the Holy Ghost, teach us which way. And even in his word, he lets us know that the Father teaches us an area of things, like for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth. Anyway, you, you get what I'm saying. God so loved the world, the world. Yet the son, nobody's coming except by him. Not by hoodoo voodoo and not by good works. The good works need to be done. They have to be done. So many times you'll see when you read through the word that God lets you know, I didn't call you because you were so wonderful. And he also tells you, I didn't call you because you were so right and so holy. He lets you know, I called you because I have some things to do and I'm going to get them done and I'm going to get them done through you. How many times have I shared it with you? We, we know the prophet is to be respected. One of God's principles, heaven principle, is that when God presents a thing to us, he presents a heavenly thing to earth. That is the order. That's the order to follow. And I want you to understand Son, prince, king. If you look through Solomon, uh, pardon me, Proverbs, you get to see that a son, he learns his destiny. And that she, he or she, learns purpose in life as a son. One of the things that the enemy tries to do is steal from you your purpose. And, and I don't mean just your purpose, because you really can't, uh, the enemy can't do that. But steal from you the feeling of your purpose, the knowing of your purpose, the courage. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. ...of your purpose and the, the acceptance of your purpose and knowing that you're accepted in your purpose. Because some of you, especially people of excellence, you'll get to find out that the more excellent you are, the more your acceptance is challenged when you don't do it the way other ordained, called, anointed, and appointed people think and figure. And even with that, I remind you, uh, I'm going to start with Revelation. I'm going to start with the end and tell you that principle too. Uh, Start with the end and work backwards. But in Revelation, the book of Revelation, now it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave, God the Father gave. And yet, you see different titles of his son in that book. I'm going to go to my Bible. Um... And I mean, the, when I say my Bible, I mean the physical Bible as opposed to my phone. Maybe I'm not, I don't know. I, I like to do whichever one, I'm not wasting broadcast time. But the book of Revelation, it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to the servants, the things which must shortly come to pass. And that's part of why I didn't go to the scriptures, because I, I want to go theological. I'm a theologian, and I want to go theological on that and deal with our ideologies and our philosophies that make us move outside of what God is telling us there. Because for 50 years that I've been in the body of Christ, more than 50 years, we have had this thing that the book of Revelation is so hard. Well, it isn't. It isn't. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one that said, Come all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. You know? And then what did he tell you? For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The revelation of Jesus Christ is only hard to the transgressor. And most of us don't even, and I mean us, not the world, most of us, part of the body, part of the kingdom, don't even recognize when we're transgressing. And the scripture tells you the way of the transgressor is hard. When you're finding it hard, you want to ask God, help me to follow after you, your way, and your will. Some of us run from trials and tribulations instead of running running to him to find how he has equipped us for the victory in it. Remember, I I shared it with you, Romans 5. Come on. Before he even gets to tell you the steps that you're going to walk in to get to hope that makes not ashamed, before he even tells you the tribulation works patience, he he wants you to be 
rejoice over the tribulation and the first things that he tells you. We don't do it, and that's part of transgression because he told us. He wasn't asking us. He was telling us. I remember. I don't like to testify um, because I want you to know the word of God. However, God's been letting me know lately that I am also supposed to share testimonies of his glory and his grace. However, um, <laughs> uh, uh, I, okay, okay, yes. When I first got married, I was uh, a very intellectual person and, and, um, I was, uh, enjoyed being intellectual and learned. And I didn't think of it as a big deal because I have an older brother, three years older than me, and from a, a, a tiny tot, he always taught me everything he knew. And when, I remember when he went to school, I, I didn't understand school, I just knew that Ducky had to go away. I had a speech impediment that I had to go to a speech class for. And um, why is he gone? Because he was always here. He was always with me. And he was always showing me. And I didn't know teaching, but he was always showing me things. And I was always interested in him and interested in anything that he was showing me. And he would come home from school and teach me everything that he had learned that day. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think I'm a big shot or anything like that. Unfortunately, I had shared this a few times one time in particular that wounded me so badly because I was sharing that and the person thought I was bragging on how smart I am. But I was letting them know that uh, I come from a family of geniuses and I do. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. God did that. He And the thing of it is, and I was sharing with them in this part, maybe they didn't hear, that I was never enough and never good enough in my family because... I'm only borderline. When I would get tested, I'm borderline. They're straight out, flat up geniuses. And me, I'm, I'm, I'm just borderline. And I don't think, even for my brother, I absolutely know that even for my brother, that wasn't why he taught me things. He just liked sharing things with his baby sister. He was just interested in the baby. You know how siblings can be interested in the new baby? And, and... <laughs> watch your children and know their personalities if God hasn't already told it to you because one of the things about my brother that's like him now at the ages we are today decades, 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 decades later he's who he is he's who he's always been and one of the things about who he's always been is that the world is going to be the way I see it and you're going to be the way I like it everything's going to be the way I like it and um, not because of anything uh, wrong with him when you understand your destiny and what you're ordained for if you're if you're a person of excellence you're ordained to make changes and changes that take changes that catch on and sometimes they're a year two years five years seven years ten years generations ahead I remember when when I got saved I understood that I was I was saved in the cusp of things and and that 
things that had already been and that was how it was and things that were coming and how it's going to be. And I understood that most of the people wanted the old way. Even today, what we're going through right now, we want things to get back to norm so that we don't even recognize that the norm wasn't God's way anyhow. I mean, just just pick any realm of society. The norm has not been God's way. And we, God's people, are the ones who let that happen, not moving in the license we have in the earth and the ordination we have through Jesus Christ, not only to occupy till he comes, but to make disciples, to win the lost. And we make that so religious that we don't, we miss how God showed us how to be entrepreneurs, how to be rulers, how to be servants. And we think, well, if you're a ruler, you can't be a servant. Well, if you're a ruler, guess who's your boss? God's your boss, and you've got to be a good servant. Not an unprofitable servant just because you hold a seat, just because you hold some clout with some people or some nations. And all of us hold clout with nations. I think it's Psalm 74, but you, you look it up. Let all the people praise him. Where God said that, most of us are so busy doing what we call praise that we don't recognize that people praise. Not just praise. People praise. Praise from human beings. Not just the birds, they praise him. The word tells us all the different things of creation that praise him. But where he says, let all the people praise him, you keep reading down there. He tells you that it causes the nations. It conforms nations. Now, some of you, your praise, some of you just hearing that, you think, oh, that means you got to do it from a stage. God will do it from a stage. That certainly means that you need to know your predestination as God ordained it in the Son slain from the foundation of the earth. I use it as an example a lot. It's back when I got saved, people stood on the corner and gave out tracts all the time. And it wasn't just Christians either. And I would watch some people giving out their track, and people would stop and they'd be engaged and other people, people just passing by and other people, people throw it to the ground. And I noticed uh, that the ideology of Pentecostalism at that time was, yeah, they just threw them down. They just, they, they, they. The world that doesn't have appreciation. Here, the thing that caught my eye, and the Father was doing that with me, is how that some people draw attention. And I'm not talking about trying to trying to show off or anything. I'm talking about some are anointed. God's given word that people need to hear. And people are drawn to you, and they don't know why. That has to do with what God ordained in the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Some draw people, and they listen to you, to what you say. That's why the Word of God tells us to edify all those that hear you. 
And I'd like to remind you that means to hit people that overhear you, people that overhear what you're saying. And for me, I've had more waitresses and waiters get saved because they overheard the, the conversation at the table and administered to them. That wasn't just who I was talking to, not just edifying who I'm talking to, but edifying the hearers. So I was going to tell myself with this testimony, let me go and tell it. I'll be angry with myself when I get home that I heard the Spirit of the Lord and the Father letting me know to tell it. When I first got married, I was a super intellectual person, and I uh, could change the mind of adults, because I was underage. Some people knew it and some people didn't. I was underage, and when people pulled me close, they got to find out that I was underage because of some other telltale things that I didn't know. Uh, I had no idea. I was what... uh, about those things, I was what the scripture calls a fool. Stupid. Cassell, that's the Hebrew. And, uh, but because what I knew about me was that I was really good at what today we call debate. I didn't debate. I totally believed that religion was uh, a hoax. I, I listened to the fairy tales and I would think about them because my big brother taught me to think. Think things through. Think things through. And then get the evidence of it. My big brother taught me this. I didn't think I was doing anything different. I thought that's what everybody does because that's what my everybody in my world always did all my life. So as I got older and I I, I would, well, I was younger, thinking about the fairy tales and I realized they were just to get you to do something or to take something from you and and you'd be okay about it. Different fairy tales. So my Big brother taught me to read so that I'm reading uh, before school age, before uh, elementary school age. And we had World Book Encyclopedia. And they were where I could reach them. They were too heavy for me, but I could knock them down and, and open them. And so I'd read, read. Well, I know it now, but the child that grows up reading encyclopedias is weird, you know. Some of you know it about other stuff, and we call it geeks, you know. I wasn't a geek, at least I don't think. I, I know who I was. I don't know who what I look like. I, actually, I do, because I used to overhear people all the time, relatives. But I'm showing you that I understood that I think, and that I think things through, and I study them through. So by the time I'm in my 20s, I said my 20s, I didn't get married. Uh, my family has this habit of getting married in their teens. I got married in my 20s. I uh, I just n- knew what intelligence was. I thought I knew. And my husband was from a different culture and a different way, and he was raised completely different. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...than me. He had a big brother, too, that was 
very like my big brother in terms of showing baby brother how and what and about life and things and all of that. But still, and and his big brother was very like my big brother in that things are the way I think and the way I say and the way that, that's the way the world should be and the, world, the way the world should work. And that's how you should be. Well, I watched my husband through junior high and high school. Now he was my husband then. I watched him fall asleep in class all the time. And he got away with it because he wore dark glasses. He got away with that because he wore what we call bottle bottoms. And the you weren't allowed to wear dark glasses in school, sunglasses in school. But they gave him permission so that he wouldn't be made fun of because of those thick bottle bottom glasses. However... I got to know him. I studied him because I fell in love with him. Twelve years old is when I first saw him. I, yeah, and I loved him. And I was going to my grandparents' house for the weekend, and I told them I met the man. I hadn't met him. I just saw him from distance. Met the man I'm going to marry, and they laughed at me. You know, twelve years old. What do you think? I look now at, at a twelve-year-old and realize I was serious. And uh, so I, I studied him and I watched him because I loved him. And I, I wanted to know everything about him. And I got to notice that he falls asleep in class. Now, my big brother taught me that you pay attention. And when you're not paying attention, he also taught me how to get over on the teacher so that they think you're paying attention. And if you learned all the things that I taught you to learn, that when they ask you something that you're not thinking about, you've got the answer. And I was good at that. So I had this opinion that uh, he worked hard. He worked a job before school and a job after school. And uh, I'm from a family, mostly military, that taught you how that's, that's just a wonderful ethic, wonderful way to be. But I did not know that I didn't respect my husband. I didn't know that at all. I thought I gave him kudos for what he did and who he was. Like I said, he had a job before school and a job after school. And he got all through school. But what I saw about school is that he fell asleep all the time. And I saw that when we would try to have a conversation, if we weren't kissing, but having a conversation, and and that happened much after I first met him. He was my brother's friend. Not my friend. He was my brother's friend. So we had conversation before I ever let him know that I love you. <laughs> and when I did, I told him, you love me. <laughs> but here we are married in our, in, in our 20s, and I didn't know. And I came across the scripture that tells the wife, the woman, to honor her husband. And I, and I was looking at it and amplified, and it, and it said respect. And I said, well, you know, when he does something respectable, I'll respect him. And the Holy Spirit and the Father both at one time let me know that that wasn't a question. What I said to you earlier, I got that from him. I I said it because it's what he said to me. He said, that wasn't a question. That's a command. And right away, because uh, when he saved me, he so made me know that he was real and he was saved. That from that day to this, I don't ever want to do anything that displeases him. I want I want to make him smile. I don't just want to do what he said. I was good at doing that with my mom, just doing what she said. But I didn't make her happy. 
because of the way that I did and when I would get to. But when, when he saved me, I wanted to make God smile. I wanted him to be delighted that he saved me. I wanted him to de- be delighted. And I wanted to know who he was and the delight of him. And I understood his gloriousness and his wonder. And I also understood that what I understood was so minuscule to the reality of it. So I never wanted to do anything in any way that displeased him. I didn't even think that way. I just always wanted to please him. So when he said that, I right away, I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to follow your word. And I right away began to see uh, in the scriptures what, what and how to respect and and set your affections on things above. I'm always sharing that with you about emotions. Emotions are part of affections, okay? Emotions don't have any rule in the earth, which is part of why you set your affections on things above, Number one, where Christ is seated. You see, when our emotions get the best of us, they tend to stand up. (laughs) Where Christ is seated at the right hand. Okay, what is that, Colossians? I want to say, look up the scriptures that I share with you. That's something that that, uh, God taught me right when I was uh, saved, when he saved me. He, he right away taught me to look at the verses before and look at the verses after. That's where I get the saying that I have now, that the Word of God is its own best interpreter. And the Word of God is its own best commentary. Now, I love commentaries. I told you how I love the dictionaries and the encyclopedias, and I still do. Uh, however... God, you want to get it from him. And yes, I'm a theologian. I'm studied, 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 studied. And I know the doctrines inside and out. However, what God taught me before I even knew there was such a thing as a Bible college or a Bible study or a Bible anything, I just knew that there was a Bible. But before I knew there was any of that, he taught me some things about studying his word, and actually about studying at all. So when I looked at that and I saw that I did not respect my husband, and I, I was concerned for my husband, but I was more concerned before God. However, as I made the change, I repented, first of all, for not respecting. I was saved during a revival, and while I started my Bible out in Genesis in the revival, some th- other things, mostly New Testament things were taught. And I understood that when you repent, it tells us in John, that God will forgive all unrighteousness. So I'd heard the preacher say that, and I looked it up and verified it. And yeah, the Word of God says that. So it's so. It's true. And I always held on to that about repentance. That when I repent, God cleanses all unrighteousness. Not just the unrighteousness that I'm repenting of. But the things that are related to it that I don't even know about, that I'm not even clear on. And I learned that from 
starting the Bible as a book. Because I was, after I was, was led to the Lord, I was given the Bible and I saw it's a book. You start the book at the beginning. Now, I was also in the habit of reading uh, novels back in those days, so I would read the end from and, and get the thing at the end so that I don't have my heart in my mouth as I'm reading. I had done that, but as I did, I was changed, and it changed things between my husband and I, and I got to realize how I was wounding him with my attitude. I didn't know. My mother used to tell me that uh, if looks could kill, I'd be a murderer. And she used to tell me about the way I roll my eyes and that my face tells everything. I wouldn't talk. Well, I did talk back to my mother, but I didn't think I was talking back. When she would say things, I would roll my eyes. And even if I roll my eyes on purpose, it's quite different from if I roll my eyes over something that's said. And I learned that I did that. And when he had anything to say that wasn't about the things that I connected to what he knows about, like the job that he had before school and the job that he had after school. And I didn't think he knew anything about what happened in class. And unfortunately, I had come to know, not just learn, but know that our school put, back then the word was Negro, um, they would put the Negro uh, kids in a general curriculum and never the academic. The counselors would never lead you that way because they just had this idea uh, that the Negroes can't do it and they're not going to college anyway, which unfortunately was true. Most Negro kids got a job after uh, school or went into the service. Well, what do you do when you're not prepared for college or when you're not prepared for anything than what another culture and ideology thinks? And I learned that hmm, it was a big deal to actually be put in that particular school, only high school at that time, and not to Germantown High, where if you were a person of color and you lived in the school district for Alni, you were routed to Germantown. So how he got in Alni, I hadn't known, but I knew that about, today we call it the politics of, the background of things routed. And that's going on right now concerning voting, you know, in the background. While we're so busy paying attention to this, 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 and this, in the local precincts and in the local this and the local that, rules are put in place. People are put in place who can be counted on to follow these different rules so that this doesn't happen and that person doesn't ever show up over here where they're not supposed to be. But what I want you to know more than that is that when you move as a person of excellence into who you are and what's been predestined in the Son of God, slain from the foundation of the earth, you are equipped for, you are ordained for, 
you are anointed for. And you move in the glory of God and cause the glory of God to be recognized in the area or areas. I'll also let you know, people of excellence, you are excellent at many things. So excellent that people with the false idea that when you're good at one thing, make the, just concentrate on that one thing where we get the idea of being a jack of all trades and master of none, that's not a God idea. I share with you all the time that you're seeing, you're looking right now. And the, 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 on the micro level, what it takes to see is an extremely complicated goings-on. And you're not even thinking about it. You don't even know what it is, most of us. And yet you're seeing without any problem. And you're hearing without having to think about it, without having to stop seeing so that you can hear. And I'm talking, and some of you are talking, and you're talking without having to stop seeing, stop hearing, stop swallowing, stop moving in order to hear. You see, God made us in his image for us to understand that the excellency of him is in us, and we're to move in excellency. And then he teaches us some of the subtopics of excellency is that you can be excellent at many things. Many, not just more than one, many. That's how God made us, being in his image. God isn't only just excellent at being creator. Son, prince, king. So I want you to know, from the heaven side, it's things that are ordained that they are so. From the earth side, it's where God gave us. When I say us, I'm talking about human beings, Adam before the fall. He gave us a license in the earth. That's why you see God first introduce himself as Elohim. Time, order, place, position, purpose. Did I? Time, order, place, position, purpose. Yes, five things. We get to learn later five is a number of grace. It's not because we were so wonderful. It's because God's doing what he, his eternal purpose has to do with. In the beginning, gives you those five things before God even even says his name. And before he even lets you know that he created Elohim. It's God in your, in your Bible. Talking about people of excellence, most of us don't even know that God is because of when the Anglicans went to Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'll bring the Dutch to the Lord, and they, for when they were sharing things, they let them know, we know this God, we know him. He's got. He's got. He's got. And they were so insistent that they know got. That that's where, you have to look it up. I have, uh, have to go look it up again. What the Anglicans, the word that they used for God of the universe, the deity that is overall, the Dutch insisted that it's God. And that's how we got God. We say God. 
It could have been, would have been what the Anglicans have been, uh, what they said. But because they are ordained to change some things, everything that they change doesn't mean that God ordained it. But they have that license and authority because one of the things God has given them is to change things in a certain, in certain, and it's not a, in certain realms, depths, and dimensions. Here again, excellent at many things, not just one. It doesn't mean everything, but it, it can mean many. You look at Shem, Hem, and Japheth, and you get to see what God said about Shem, what God said about Hem, and what God said about Japheth. I mean, what God said, not what people say, not what history says, because most of the time history is written with a bias of the day and the time and the cycle of the times. And heaven and earth lets us know what the cycles are and what the cycles are for earth, what should be, what could be, what God has ordained. Most of us don't realize that Moses was to be, God said, you're my prophet. When he kept not wanting to measure up, I can't talk, I can't talk, I can't talk. Because he knew he had a speech impediment. You heard me say that I had to take speech class because I couldn't say Chucky. I had to say Thucky. Yet I'm real intelligent. Just my tongue doesn't want to be intelligent enough to where to put the, put the thing. And yet I learned to speak different languages. I didn't know it was different language. It was just when I go to my grandmother's house, the people... Uh, out there are speaking this and and they're speaking up this and that and that and this and I didn't know till I was older that you know they're speaking different different languages and I understood what they were saying I want you to know when you move and what God has ordained you change what God has ordained and then you also grow in what has God has ordained and I'll remind you remind you remind you that when you're the excellent of the excellent, and that's who you are, or you wouldn't be tuned in now, whatever, what stage you in are in of it, you're more excellent than the people around you. That's why when you do something wrong, it gets so much attention and has so much repercussions. You saw somebody else do the same thing and nobody wanted to pay it any mind. You go do it or say it, and it's like a gong, because you are. You have affect and effect that resonates like a pebble in the water. Bloom, and you see those ripples just go on and on and on. And if you know the biochemistry of it, they go on to the ends of the earth. I'm not talking about time. I'm talking about the ripples in water. And God will teach you things about water. So I want you to understand. I want you to understand as a person of excellence... You go through things that shouldn't even be happening in the earth. But because of Adam's fall, and then not just his fall, but that he didn't repent, most of us don't even notice. Neither one repented. They kept blaming the other. Not realizing, we don't learn it till way later, that the devil, that was a serpent at that time, and God taught us about him being subtle. But when God teaches about the devil, he tells us, same same entity, same person, the devil, the serpent, the dragon. But God tells us that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And then we get to find out. 
Adam did not repent, and we find out that he's the accuser of the brethren. Now, when you want, when you accuse somebody, you're being like the devil, not like your father in heaven, not like God, who made you and created you, who breathed the breath of life in you. That's why the devil doesn't have the authority to take away your life. He has to go through some legal channels and some legalities that he knows about the word of God and the way of God better than you do, better than I do because of our ideologies and our cycle of times that we live in in the earth. I shared with you that the cycle of time that was back in the 60s, the late 60s, in Pentecostalism, was, uh, oh, one of them was, education's really bad for you. And and those those ones that go to college, you're going to come home demon-possessed, vaccinated, and everything else. And not because education is bad for you. I can show you all through the Word where God is big on education. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. God is huge on education. God uh, spoke to the children of Israel on the mount and had a, a lightning show and all of that. Getting their attention where he began to school them, teach them, talk to them. And for those of you that don't want the show before the word, that's not a God idea. The show needs to be about him, and it needs to be what he says it's about. Because he did that not just to declare himself, but to get their listening ear. Knowing that it wasn't going to do that, it would get their attention. And it scared them so that they thought, oh, we can't hear, we can't hear. Moses, you you go listen. That's not God's way. God wants us to listen. So I want to let you know that what God ordained, we learn it first from Son. The first time God mentions a thing is the nucleus of that thing. And when he made man, he breathed the breath of life into him. So the devil has to go find some license somewhere, somehow, so that he can have license to take your life. He can't just take your life. So he tries to get you to go against God's way. Balak did that. He was God's prophet. I know we like to say he was a false prophet because he was a greedy prophet because he was um, always looking at the financial bottom line. But he told he told he told the king, "I can only say what God said to say." You know the one the one who his donkey saw the angel when he didn't, and his donkey opened his mouth and talked to him. I want you to understand. I want you to understand that the enemy has to go through some legal channels in order to do stuff to you. 
concerning you. And again, he knows the legal channels because he was the anointed cherub when there was just one before the throne. His fall caused it to be two so that we only ever have the replica of the two cherubim before the throne. But you look at the scripture, tells us he was the anointed cherub. And when you look at where Isaiah uh, was repenting in the year King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in his train filled the temple. In that, in that chapter, he, you find that when he repented, the repentance was real. And the seraph, I'm pretty sure it was a seraph, not a cherubim, went and got the coal from before the throne and cleansed him with it. You see, God's fire burns, but it won't kill you. It will cleanse. It'll feel like it's killing you because it's killing what's against him. That's why no man comes to the Father but by him. God makes it so that his glory doesn't kill us, doesn't destroy us. His Son is the glory of God. These are things. Sonship. You get to move in the glory of God because it's yours. You're born with it. You have it. You have to learn how to go and how to grow with it. That's why Jesus said, I do what I see the Father do. I say what I heard the Father say. And it's not the way we see and hear that it takes time because the glory of God transcends time. And if God has given you in the glory, move in the glory of God, some of you, you're scared to say this and I don't blame you. Because we, we know so much about anointing, we don't know much about moving in the glory of God. We've taught ourselves so much about taking from the glory of God. Listen. I remind you of this often in Corinthians. He tells you that there's the glory of the sun and there's the glory of the moon. If God gives glory to the sun and glory to the moon, don't you know that he gives glory to you for the areas and the realms that he's given you to deal with? And it is to glorify him. Come on, a woman's hair is her glory. We get so foolish about glory that we don't learn the magnificence of glory and the transition and transcension, uh, right now I'm going back to not being able to pronounce the word I want to say. But what glory does, what glory is about, it does things that the others can't do. You see, the sun shines, the moon reflects it. Jesus is the light. We reflect him. And he made us lights to the world. We make the difference. And if you're a person of excellence, not only do you make the difference, but you make the difference and you're the template. Stop looking for a confirmation. God always tells us that you'll know that I spoke to the prophet when, when the thing comes to pass. Not He didn't tell you you're going to know ahead of time. You know because you believe him. You know because you know his voice. You know because just like in Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to his son, to show. And Jesus has many titles in the book of Revelation. When you know him, you don't have a tr have trouble with the titles of who he is. Now, when you don't know that fact, that heaven cycle for that earth cycle, how to walk that out in the earth, you might have trouble with me if you see me walking with the sword and say that that's not Jesus. And yet he's the one that had this sharp two-edged sword. If you only know him as the one who walked in the midst of the candlesticks.
I was just at a church just this week at a church building where they had awesome, awesome, awesome praise in those days. And uh, there were a couple thousand in there. And there was the altar call, and I saw uh, the hosts of heaven. We like to call them angels. Angels is one rank of the hosts of heaven. And they were standing there with swords drawn. Oh, it was terrifying to me. And I right away went to go intercede. And here again, when you're the excellent of the excellent, God will give you what to do, how to do, without you even thinking about it. Your heart doesn't think to be, and to be, no, it does it. And, and right when it stops, death is occurring. Excellent of the excellent, you minister life. And I want to remind you, I want to remind you, the son learns. And, I, and then the, the, all of the, the rules for the realms and depths and dimensions the son learns how to pay attention, how to recognize. Remember Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they won't follow. Then how do we go following so much crazy stuff? Because of our flesh getting in the way. Remember, flesh has no rule on the earth, so we have to set our affections on things above. Above, where Christ is seated, at the right hand of the Father. And the scripture lets us know he rules. Okay? And as a king, you set the decrees in the earth. That's the earth cycle of what God gave from the heaven cycle. For the son, for the prince, for the king. And you, you're a royal priesthood adopted into the kingdom. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.